Hello, and welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, DJ Fed Talks. How's everybody doing? Hey, so this week, if you can believe it, uh, I was going to do a review of, of uh, Black Adam, the DC movie featuring uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson as a guy who used to be a Shazam villain and now they're pretending has always been a anti-hero. Uh, and maybe I'll talk about it next week. If there's time this week, I'll get to it. But it's honestly such a nothing of a movie that I will probably forget everything I have to say about it by next week. But uh, it's not good. Don't waste your movie-going money and time on it. Uh, uh, our boy Pierce Brosnan is very good and fun in it, but you know, catch it on HBO Max in six weeks. Uh, but maybe I'll get to that next week. Maybe I'll get to it this week if I burn through through uh, my main topic. But let's get into it. Guys, I went to Chicago for the weekend. That's right. Chicago, the windy city. The city of broad shoulders, as they call it. Uh So I went for a weekend, for three three full days, really, to, uh, I went to see Big Grande, who is an improv group. If you are a podcast fan, you may know them from, uh, from the Teacher's Lounge, which is a tremendous show that is, as far as I know, is entirely behind paywalls. So I can't really point you to it to try it out, uh, you essentially <laughs> have to commit to paying for it. Um, uh, one of them is uh, Drew Tarver, who makes a lot of TV appearances, and uh, there was a lot of talk of him getting an Emmy nomination for the other two last year, and that didn't happen because the Emmys are dumb. But we'll talk about that in a bit. But uh, they are touring, and I wanted to see them, so I managed to get a ticket to see them in Chicago, uh, and the off chance that you're listening to this and you're not somebody who personally knows me, uh, I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is about a, uh, a four-hour train ride from Chicago, which is how I went. I, you can drive it faster than that, but then you have to deal with your car in Chicago and drive absolutely terrible highways to get there. And it's much better to just, just take that train. Uh, the train is soothing. It's lovely. Uh, so, usually when I go to Chicago, I have a very tight time frame, and a lot of times I'm going to see somebody. Uh, last time I went there was 2019, uh, just barely pre-pandemic, and I had plans with a, uh, a friend I knew from the internet and we actually had a very delightful time and that person has since stopped being friends with me because I indicated that uh, sometimes Democrats are smug. Um, that comes up a lot. It still hurts. But this time it was all it was all me, baby. Uh, I elected to spend the full the full three days, three day weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Took the train in Friday morning, gets in about 9 in the morning, 
took the train out Sunday night, leaves about 6.30. With only one thing on the agenda, I was going to see Big Grande on Saturday night. Now, here's the... Uh, excuse me. One thing is, uh, now that I have been uh, exercising more and have lost a significant amount of weight, I am... Uh, I, I did a lot more walking than usual. Usually it's a, you know, a lot of, a lot of Ubers slash lifts. Hey, actually, no, let me set this up for you because every time I go somewhere, I always try to have everything wrapped up days ahead of time. So I don't have to rush around. Uh, and it's always failed. I remember a couple of years ago before I left for a film festival, I locked my keys in my car uh, and had to get a locksmith to come let me into my car and blew up everything. Uh, when I went to Vegas for my first trip since be getting vaccinated, I took the wrong driver's license with me and I had to have the right one shipped to me. Uh, so it, it something always goes wrong. And I thought I had everything lined up, uh, Wednesday night and I realized I needed some uh, I needed some new pajamas something to wear when I slept at night and I, I work very close to a Walmart and sometimes I walk there on my lunch break because it's it's like an eight minute walk there eight minute walk back I can kind of walk around the store for a bit if I need to pick up something boom plenty of time uh, and so that that's what I did and on the way, there's a construction site sort of right before I hit the Walmart. And whatever they were doing, they were putting a lot of mud out into the sidewalk. Um, and it was gross, but I figured, no big deal. I'll just... I, I had cheap shoes and the treads are mostly worn down from all the walking of recent vintage that uh, they're real easy to clean. So I... <laughs> I, I I took one step and boom, feet went out from under me. I fell fell forward into a mud puddle. As an adult, I fell into a mud puddle. Uh, so pants are covered in mud. My knees are all banged up. One of them is still all bruised and uh so when I get to Walmart, instead of just buying something to wear to sleep in, I also have to buy new pants because I need something. Here's the thing. I only own one pair of jeans that fits because usually I can only wear jeans uh, on the weekend anyway. And there's a whole thing where I can currently wear jeans to where it gets boring. I don't remember why I can. Uh, there's got to be a reason, I assume. Um... But so I was able to wear jeans and my one pair of jeans. Now they're covered in mud, so I have to buy new jeans. So I have something to wear when I leave in the morning. Um, and oh, and then that morning I, I scheduled an Uber pickup ahead of time because I live kind of uh, I live in this residential neighborhood that doesn't have a lot of traffic. So I can't count on getting an Uber in time because I need a. I don't want to leave my car at the train station because I drive a Kia and thanks to TikTok, people think those are fun to steal. So I schedule it days and days ahead of time. 
and I get a message that morning that my Uber had been canceled. So I needed to figure that out, you know, so I got that going on in the morning and then my pants are covered in mud, so I have to buy new jeans. But I finally get everything all put together and I, I managed to leave without incident. And uh, so my, my commitment was, I was going to, if it was an option, I would just walk anywhere that I had to get to uh, instead of getting a ride share. My, my cutoff was two and a half miles. If it's longer than two and a half miles, that's a significant walk that can throw off your day, quite frankly. And if there was ever time pressure, I would take an Uber because uh, recent recent uh, exposure has taught me I can I can walk several miles. Uh, uh, that that's within my stamina. It just takes time, especially on a, on city streets where you have to stop every you know thirty or forty feet for a, a crossing signal. But uh, I get into Chicago way earlier than I am able to check into the hotel. So, brother, I am walking around. Uh, I walked to two different comic book stores. Let me tell you that. Uh, is it sad that that was the first thing I looked up where I could get to from the train station? Maybe, but it's what I did. Uh, I picked up some good issues of Secret Origins. Uh, that's a collection I'm quietly working on. Uh, we don't need to get into that because you'll be bored. Uh, but yeah, I hit two different stores and finally uh, hit a bunch of stuff on the way. Uh, let me just tell you, every day in Chicago, I managed to crack my 10-mile my ten mile weekday standard. So, you know what? I was doing good. Get off my ass. I worked hard. Uh, and I went to the I went to the giant bean in Millennium Park. There they have a big a big shiny reflective bean-shaped thing. I don't know what the significance of it is. It's weird though. And I was trying to get a good picture of it, but it's so reflective that you kind of can't. And also I walked straight into it because it's very easy to lose track of where it is because again, it is extremely reflective. It's so shiny and weird. It's a weird thing. The existence of this bean is strange and I don't know what it signifies. But that was all stuff I did. And I, you know, then I eventually get to my hotel. And uh, let me tell you, I just ate like a trash bag for three days. Uh, I managed to only do two meals a day, but they were usually big meals because I had places I wanted to go. So, you know, it's exciting that uh, uh, even after a bad weekend, uh, I still weigh less than what my goal weight was only a few short weeks ago. But... I, you know, I still feel bad. It, it messes up my insides. But, uh, I, <laughs> for lunch, I went to a place called Kaiser Tiger or possibly Tiger Kaiser. I can't remember, but their whole deal is they make their own sausages. And, uh, let me tell you, I will go there every time I visit Chicago because they had a bunch of stuff I wanted to try. And it, pretty consistently just knocked me it you know I had one thing and it knocked me out and I can imagine that will be true of all future things uh, but it was delicious and there's other things I want to try so next time I go to Chicago heading back to the Kaiser um, 
And yeah, like I said, walked around a lot, did a little shopping. Uh, and for dinner, there's a restaurant I like that I went to and uh, that I've been to in past visits. And I did not go to the spy-themed restaurant that I've been to in the past. They have this cool restaurant called The Safe House, which has like a fake door and you have to give a password to get in. And uh, all of the menu items are based around famous, famous, usually fictional spies. And there's a lot of like stuff in the restaurant to do, like stuff to play with and codes to crack. And uh, I went there in 2019 and uh, they had a cocktail called the Sterling Archer. You know, after the, the lead character of Archer which is a show I love. So I got absolutely wasted on Sterling Archers. And I kind of wanted to go this time and really just hit on all the all the Bond-themed stuff because I've been doing my big James Bond. But it's really expensive, and it was nowhere near anywhere I was going. So it didn't work out this trip. But I went to a different restaurant I like. And after that, it had been sort of a long day. I had not slept at all the night before which is common before I travel. I don't know. I'm busy concocting disaster scenarios in my mind, I guess. And, uh, uh, but, you know, I was already pretty tired by the time dinner was over. And I shouldn't say and, I should say but. Uh, earlier that day, I had texted a friend of mine who I hadn't talked to in a while and I really missed. And uh, they, they didn't reply, so I was sad. And, uh, so I decided I was going to get drunk, which is healthy. I know you don't need to point that out. Uh, and real close to where I went for dinner, I found there was a bar called El Jefe, which was not only does it misspell Jefe from the Spanish from which it derives its name, uh, but it was referred to as kind of a wild bar on the thing I found. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'd consider going to a place that was called wild when I'm home. But when I'm traveling, there's, you know what, this is, this is vacation EJ. So I went there, uh, in full disclosure, I did find out the reason they call it wild is because about three years ago, there was a pretty gnarly sexual assault that was enabled by certain members of the staff. Uh, but I didn't find that out until after I went there. So, uh, I feel bad about everything in retrospect. But uh, when I was there, they had a, it was actually kind of dead. I was able to talk to some people because Vacation EJ has the ability to talk to strangers, which normal Workday EJ does not have. But uh, they had these drink, they had a, a margarita. It was a 32 ounce margarita. And in that they overturn a bottle of Corona uh, and, and like the, the, like liquid pressure keeps it all from pouring in, but the more you drink, the more Corona pours out into the drink. So it actually turns out to be like 44 ounces of alcohol. And brother, I had two of those. Holy smokes. I was, you know, between not sleeping and everything, I was, I was, I oh holy yeah I had to take an Uber home because I I I could not successfully navigate to get I was so drunk guys 
it's not cool for me to be drunk, but I was. I was, you know, a combination of on vacation and sad. So holy smokes, let's hit it up, baby. Uh, next day, Saturday, that's the day of the show. Um, but I've got a whole day to kill before then. I went to a, a deli called Eleven City. Uh, I previously went to the L.A. version of that when I went to when I went to L.A. That's when I went to the L.A. version uh, right before the pandemic. That's when I listeners of the podcast would know I I made a trip there to talk to various TV people about my script and uh, then I got to hang out with my friend and I had what what I have described and uh, is one of my best days ever. Uh, but the day before the best day ever, I did. I, I met with somebody and I wanted to go to a Jewish deli, so they took me to Eleven City, and I had the biggest meat sandwich I'd ever eaten. So I was excited to see that there's one in Chicago, and this was information I should I I just couldn't call up, but uh, my friends Brad and Becky have cited it as their favorite place in Chicago. And it didn't click with me until after I was eating there. But, uh, so I went there for breakfast and, you know, they had a lot of cool breakfast things. But one of the things on the menu was called Tom Waits at 2 a.m. 1987. And it's sort of based on his breakfast order from the Nighthawks at the Diner or uh, album. I don't know where the 1987 comes from. That's not when Nighthawks came out. That would have been right around uh, uh, Swordfish Trombones. Maybe that's when he actually went to Eleven City Diner in Chicago. And it's kind of, you know, it's two eggs, it's two sausage, it's two pancakes. You know, uh, it's, it's kind of a basic breakfast that was surprisingly expensive, but there was no way I wasn't going to eat that. And uh, had a great time. Uh there's a picture of Tom Waits behind the bar that was seated directly across from me. I was seated directly across from it. The picture itself wasn't seated. So that was super fun. And, uh, also I was wearing a, I was wearing my Joe Para hat on this trip. I never wear hats. And I, it was just like, just cold enough that, uh, maybe a ball cap will keep, keep my head a little warm. And, uh, from when I went to see Joe Para's, uh, show a couple months ago I got a hat that has a spruce tree on it and it says spruce and then Joe Para underneath and the 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 very cute waitress uh, liked my hat and it came up when I was ordered because I got the Tom Waits breakfast but I also wanted a bagel because I'm at a deli I gotta get a bagel and she asked what kind of bagel and I settled on plain and then what kind of cream cheese and I also settled on plain and I, I was self-conscious about how boring that made me. And she goes, well, that's perfect for your hat. And then we ended up talking about Joe Para for quite a while. Uh, her favorite episode is Joe Para Reads the Church Announcements, which is a solid pick, let's be honest. Um, and then I had to, you know, I gave her his website address and everything. Uh, so that, you know, that was very fun. Uh, but after that, I went to the the uh, planetarium and then the aquarium all of the great ariums I had only planned the aquarium because I, I love going to aquariums guys I don't know a lot about stuff 
But anytime I'm traveling, if I check out an aquarium, I will have the time of my life. And I texted my friend Becky, who was born in the Chicago suburbs, about my plan, and she recommended the, the planetarium also. Uh, so I went to the, the Adler Planetarium first. And uh, I didn't do any of like the, the sky shows or anything, but uh, had had kind of a great time just what I learned so much about telescopes. I weirdly focused on the exhibit of of historic and, and ancient telescopes more than some of the stuff about like the moon rover or the Mars rover. See, that's how little I learned is I don't know the difference between the moon and Mars. But I got to look through a telescope that was 400 years old. So, yeah, I'm the winner there. And then I went to the aquarium, the Shed Aquarium. You guys, I love aquariums so much. I don't know what it is. I just have the best time. The number of times that I would look at something in the aquarium and go, holy shit, was significant. It happened over and over. And, uh... This is a rad aquarium. They've got beluga whales. They've got crazy. They had moray eels. And looking at them was like, oh my God, these things are God's greatest mistake. They are horrible to look at. They have Muppet faces and they are living creatures. The weird eel that pops out of the, the castle in the Roku screensaver. I had always assumed that was a, a computer generated because it had a weird mouth that no living creature could have, but moray eels have that. They're horrifying. Uh, they have penguins, and penguins are the best. And I went there at penguin feeding time, and these two ladies just walk in there, and they give penguins whole fish, and they just gulp them down. And some of the penguins are kind of shy, so they have to pick them up and set them in their lap and hand feed them little fish. And it was the best thing. Me and the children were so entranced by this. And then they have like a like a a show. Like every hour on the half hour, they have like a live animal show. And I was like, I'll check this out. I'll sit in the weird little auditorium. And it was penguins. And they brought out a live penguin. And this lady just sat and told us penguin facts. And again, me and the children were super excited. Um, I saw a 4D movie about an octopus, which is fun because they spray water on you and they've got like a wire under the seat that hits your legs when the octopus is attacking something. Uh, highly recommend it. I had, I had such a great time. I saw weird-ass fish. Uh, there were, uh, you know, big turtles and crocodiles and dolphins and, and sharks and just... Like I said, super weird fish. Uh, these weird little shrimp that walk on legs. I don't really think a shrimp is having legs, but they do. And some of them are called sexy shrimp because they wiggle a little when they walk. Um, I could do, I could really do a whole lot of animal facts, quite honestly. And uh, it was it was the best. You guys, if you ever get a chance to just go to an aquarium in a big city, go. You will have a great time time of my life. I was there for five hours. Uh, after that, I went to uh, my friend Sam, who, uh, being related to Becky, also grew up in in uh, in the Chicago environs. He told me about a Mexican restaurant that's real good. And uh, here's the thing. Uh, 
Sam and I don't entirely match up on everything. We don't have like identical tastes, but I think we know each other well enough to only recommend things that the other would like. Um, you know, sometimes people will recommend things to you that are, are sort of their jam without thinking about whether uh, how you would respond to it. And uh, he told me about this Mexican restaurant and I was assuming something a little fancier and it is a like almost a diner except poorly lit but oh my god I had the best burrito of my life that Sam knows a thing or two uh, and uh, that was where my Uber dropped me off more than a mile away from the correct address but you know what I did instead of complaining I walked it guys I'm a walker now so from there, I go to the show. It's at the Lincoln Lodge, which is a comedy club that has three stages. And all of them are small. And there's a bar, and that is also very small. And I found a place to sit. Uh, and then two ladies I didn't know sat next to me because they also wanted a place to sit. And they started a conversation with me because I looked lonely, which I am. But usually people don't act on that. And I approached it as if they were going to the big grande show and like they were going to understand my references. It was a, it was a, it was a nice conversation anyway, but uh, they were not going to that show. They were going to what I think was just a Halloween party on in one of the rooms. I was never able to determine if there was some comedy element to it or because it just said on the thing, Halloween party. Uh, so I was weird and awkward, but, uh, and we got the show. Guys, uh, Big Grounded, they're very good improvisers. You know, that's they were in this, I mean, the stage that was barely big enough for the four of them to have chairs. It is not a big venue by any means. Which is also cool because just the fact that they are going out and playing these small rooms and, you know, one of them has a regular TV gig they're not making a huge amount of money off this. It seems like they are doing it for, like, they genuinely love doing live improv. Uh, tremendous show. Just, they did a little crowd work at the beginning and then just did short improv scenes based on that. Uh, just, I, I'm a guy who loves good improv, and this was, this was terrific improv. It was just, it was so funny. Uh, I will probably think forever in my forever about one of them referring to somebody as having botulism to their core. <laughs> He's got botulism to the core. <laughs> That's so much botulism. Uh, and then afterwards, they were if you bought a poster, they would sign it, and you could talk to them for a little bit. And I'm not really a poster guy, but I like to buy them if I go to a live show, because I always think maybe one day I'll get them framed and put up, but it's also just a cool chance to talk to people. And here's my, here's my breaking news. The big grande guys are super nice. They were very nice to me. Uh, I, you know, I, I got to talk to them a little bit and I thank them for coming. And, uh, and I mentioned that I, you know, came from Michigan. So I, I also, you know, and uh, Dan Lippert, who is the very tall, he's so tall. He's like 6'8". I got a picture of myself with the with the big grande guys, and I'm tall, and I am used to being the tallest person in the picture. No, 
Dan Lippert is just towering over me. Uh, also, I sort of look like if all of the big grande guys had a baby and they put glasses on that baby. Uh, you check out the picture on my social media and you can, you can determine whether that's true, and it totally is. Uh, but, like, you know, ask follow-up questions and stuff, and they, they're super nice. And then uh, they had announced prior to the show that uh, Drew, Drew Tarver would probably not be able to make the Chicago shows because of filming. And that was a disappointment, but, you know, there's four guys, and they're all tremendous. I'm like, well, that's a bummer, but, you know, okay, three of my favorite improvisers will be there instead of four. And then day of, they're like, oh, snap, Drew's going to Drew's gonna make it. And so that was super exciting. And uh, after I had everything signed, I was getting ready to leave. I just, you know, Drew's kind of standing there, and he's, I told him uh, I was I was so glad that he came out because, you know, they had said he probably wouldn't be there and I had made my peace with that. But this was exciting. And I told him how much I loved the other two. Uh, his show that's on HBO Max, formerly Comedy Central. I mean, it used to be on Comedy Central and now it's on HBO Max. The way I said it made it sound like Comedy Central became HBO Max. Uh, and he was genuinely very nice and you know, seemed excited that I liked it. And he, you know, just, you know, it wasn't a huge amount of time because I don't want to hold up the line, but he was super nice uh, when he did, you know, he could have just been pleasant, but he was very, he seemed genuinely excited that I liked his TV show so much. Uh, and I told him he should have been nominated for an Emmy last year. And then I got embarrassed and left. Uh, but, that is my takeaway. The big grande guys could not be nicer. They are the funniest. They are the nicest. Uh, if they come to your town, go check them out. It's amazing. Uh, next day, I had to take the train out. So I just had some time to kill before because there's a long gap in between when uh, you have to check out of your hotel and the train leaves. Uh, so mostly, again, I walked around aimlessly. I went to a uh, Chicago-style pizza place that Sam recommended, and uh, often Chicago-style pizza leaves me feeling like crap. And this was, this is this is pretty good. It was the place that claims to have invented deep dish pizza, but there are multiple places that claim that. So uh, questions abound, and you know, I've, for the first time, I think I made it home on the train without incident. There's Every other time there's been some sort of delay or a breakdown or weirdly a large group of Mennonites returning back on the same train as me. And there were no Mennonites this time. Uh, but that was, I wish I had, I had like a punchline to it, but I had a great time in Chicago. Uh, everything I ate was really good. The big grande guys were so funny and nice and it was super cool to meet them. And, you know, to tell somebody straight to their face that you love their TV show is a cool thing. Uh, it was great. I recommend it. Uh, 10 out of 10. Oh, I forgot to tell the, the one nightmare thing that happened. Uh, Saturday night. Uh, after the show, I went to an arcade that was open till uh, a barcade, really. And... Uh, I thought that would be fun, but it was also right before Halloween, so everybody there was in costume and kind of doing their bits. 
So I didn't have as much arcade fun as I was hoping. And I just drank. Again, very healthy. So again, I am I am exhausted and kind of drunk when I get back. And I wake up like 3 in the morning and I am hearing twinkle, twinkle, little star over and over. And I have to assume that I've lost my mind because how would that even happen? And I try to go back to sleep and I it won't stop. And I start thinking that would be the great horror movie is if you you heard Twinkle Twinkle Little Star in association with something horrifying. Because the more it repeats, the worse it gets. And what I found was there was a, like it looked like an Alexa next to the bed. And I don't know if it was supposed to be there or if somebody left it because there's a clock radio uh, on one side. And it was a with a uh, internet connection. So there was no reason to have a separate speaker but this speaker was playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star over and over again, just unendingly. And I couldn't figure out how to stop it. It wasn't an Alexa because it didn't respond to voice commands. So I just had to turn down the volume all the way down. So it was still doing it, but I couldn't hear it. And I don't know where that came from or why it did it, but it was it was terrifying. Uh, but other than that, tremendous trip. Had a great time. Uh, I recommend Chicago. They're super weird about ketchup. Uh, it's better to just not get into it. It's my one beef with Chicago is they really have to let you know that you don't put ketchup in a hot dog. It's like, it's fine. I don't care. I'm not even having a hot dog. There doesn't need to be a sign telling me that that's not how you eat hot. Just lay off, dude. Uh, everything else was great, though. Got to meet my favorite improv group. They were super nice and really funny. Uh, I've got a signed poster. Everything's coming up, EJ. Uh, boy, that... You know what? Let me just get to the franchise report, and we're going to wrap this up. Uh, continuing to watch the Marvel movies and the Bond movies uh, because of a weird schedule this, this time around. I only got to one Marvel movie, and it was Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, or and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I should look that up. I don't remember. Ah, uh, you know what? That's a, that's one that is is squarely average for me. I think my friend Billy's kids really like it a lot, so that gives me a lot more affection for it. Uh, but it does eventually. It's got some just some wicked uh, exp expository dialogue early on, where people are telling th other people things they already know so that we'll know them. Uh, and the end is sort of a big CGI mush and a lot, and one army facing another, which between Bond and Marvel has really burned me out lately. But it's also got some really good martial arts stuff, and uh, uh, the leads are super appealing. And uh, I had forgotten this, but uh, when, when Ben Kingsley reprising his role from Iron Man 3 shows up, which... I was not expecting. He has one of the funniest monologues in any of the Marvel movies. <laughs> where he's talking about why he wanted to be an actor. And this is not something anybody even cares about in the movie. And it's all about how he saw Planet of the Apes as a child. And couldn't believe that they trained, monkey, they trained gorillas to ride horses. And he asked his mother and she explained they were actors. And what that meant to him was that they had trained the gorillas to act like they were riding horses. 
<laughs> him explaining that and still not getting it as an as a very old man is so funny. It it's great. Uh, it's also got some Wong and Abomination stuff that ties into uh, uh, She Hulk and uh, the rings themselves. We've seen some other uh, in since then in in uh, in Ms. Marvel and the trailer for the new Ant-Man. Uh, there are also ring shapes that are highly important, so I assume that's all going to be tied in. Uh, the one... Shang-Chi is not something I read much as a kid because by the time I was old enough to make comic buying decisions, he is, his series had ended. And it's it's hard to find old issues. They haven't really been reprinted much because... Part of the whole deal with Shang-Chi was in the comics. He was the son of Fu Manchu, who they they licensed from Sax Romer. You know, he's he's sort of he's a literary villain. They licensed him, and he's super racist. There's a lot of awful racism in this old stuff. That uh, some of it is still worth reading, regardless. Once you get past the Yellow Peril stuff. But uh, it also makes it very hard to get them now because they stopped licensing Fu Manchu, so they can't reprint those issues. Uh, but Shang-Chi was more of a, a uh, almost like a, a Kung Fu James Bond. There was a lot of like espionage. And uh, in the movie, you know, he's a young guy finding his way in the world. And also there's magic rings and... Look, in comics, there are two kinds of Asian people. There are the ones who do karate and the ones who are magic, and this one made Shang-Chi both. Which probably helps him fit into the larger world better. It didn't 100% work for me because I think there was something I wanted to see. But I think it's the right choice in terms of uh, how to appeal to an audience who are not middle-aged men who vaguely remember you know, the three Shang-Chi comics they had as a kid. Um, also, the what they did with uh, Tony, Lung, Tony Lung, I don't know how to pronounce his name. He's one of the great martial arts stars, uh, making him the Mandarin, which was the character that uh, uh, Ben Kingsley was impersonating in Iron Man 3. That's one of those, he's an Iron Man villain, and you wouldn't think they need to bring him to movies because he is super racist. Um, largely due to the fact that he was created in the 60s uh, when the Korean War was still happening and anybody vaguely Asian was... Um, basically, if Stanley created an Asian character... It's going to be rough, guys. But uh, he had the ten rings in the comics, and but they were finger rings, like traditional finger rings, and each one had a different power as opposed to these ten armbands that sort of work in concert with one another. But it was a really cool way to do a villain that you'd think would be sort of untouchable uh, due to the endemic racism. Uh, and I did get caught up in the big fight at the end. It's... It's kind of mid-level Marvel for me, but it's... Uh, I feel like it lands really hard with, with other people, and the stuff I liked, I really liked. 
so it you know I don't have a complaint about it. It's not one I'm going to go back and watch frequently, but uh, you know it's solid. No beefs for me. Good job, the guys C- Simulu and uh, Aquafina who play the uh, Shang Chi and Katie. They're great. They're so fun to watch. Uh, there's some really great action scenes. Um, also, the guy who told Spider-Man to do a flip is back in this movie, and he's uh, live-streaming the bus fight. Uh, the bus fight is tremendous. Also, it's kind of weird that uh, most of the characters are New York, but Shang-Chi and Ant-Man both specifically live in San Francisco. <laughs> and I have to think they're going to meet one another sooner or later. I don't know what that would even be, but I am all on board for Shang-Chi and Ant-Man 2, Friends Forever. I don't know why it's two. Apparently there's going to be a Shang-Chi and Ant-Man movie and then a sequel. Anyway, it's like middle of the road for me, but it turns out middle of the road Marvel is still pretty enjoyable. Um, I did not get to Eternals this week, uh, partly because... Holy smokes, the idea of coming back from vacation and then watching Eternals was like, no, I can't deal with that. That's the first one since, you know, Iron Man 2 that I haven't been at least somewhat excited to rewatch. Uh, but over in James Bond, I finished the series, guys. Spectre and No Time to Die. Uh, now, Spectre is kind of fascinating because... They couldn't use Blofeld or the organization Spectre since like 1970 because of uh, this whole thing where uh, somebody was co-writing the Thunderball movie and copyright law is weird and he owned certain things that were uh, uh, introduced in the Thunderball novel, which included Blofeld and Spectre. So that's why those things drop out real suddenly after the Connery years, and there's just like that unnamed Blofeld in For Your Eyes Only. But uh, Kevin McCrory, who owned those rights, passed away. Uh, which is weird, because Quantum of Solace was sort of setting up a Spectre-like organization called Quantum, and then this comes around and they just made it Spectre. And... And on the one hand, it doesn't totally work to have everything from the Daniel Craig movies tie together. But also, they've never been able to do that with Bond before. And giving him continuity, not only is a very 2020, uh, uh, 2010s thing to do, but I think it ends up working very well when you get to No Time to Die. Um, because the one thing they... they don't really have James Bond do is uh, he can't necessarily grow or suffer consequences of his actions because every movie has to sort of hand wave the movies before it and this one makes it very clear that all of these are happening to the same guy and uh, he has some demons and some things that are catching up with him by the time you get to the final movie and I think that works very well. Uh, no Time to Die makes Spectre work better in retrospect. Um, and Spectre's got that, the opening scene is a banger. Uh, it's also at a Day of the Dead parade in Mexico City, which was not a thing before this movie, and now it is. Um, 
uh, Dave Bautista from Guardians of the Galaxy showing up as uh, Mr. Hinks, who's, whose gimmick is gouging people's eyes out with his thumbs. Um, Spectre is... It's still maybe my least favorite of the... It's fighting it out with Quantum of Solace for least favorite Daniel Craig movies, but Quantum of Solace moved up quite a bit in this rewatch. And uh, Spectre also is better than I remembered. Skyfall is not as good as I remembered, but I still like it better than the reapprised Spectre. But it definitely moved up in the rankings. Uh, and then uh, Christoph Waltz, uh, I, I'm getting a little burned out on him kind of doing the same thing in every role but it works really well here as Blofeld uh he's fun to watch and then you get to No Time to Die which uh one of the best for for me quite frankly uh because it it picks right up where Spectre left off uh again all the Craig ones have a terrific opening sequence um and uh, the the plot gets a little little hinky, but you know it's ultimately set up to, let's be honest, to kill James Bond. And yes, the movie does end with James Bond will return, but it's pretty clear next time it'll be a reboot because Daniel Craig James Bond dies in this movie. He very clearly, incontrovertibly dies. He gets hit with a missile and blows up, and they have a funeral for him, and. Uh, there is nothing in the movie that gives you any reason to believe there's an out or that we will see this continuity again. And uh, now to, a lot of people have in reviews have, that it's, you know, one of the reasons he's so willing to die is because he's infected with the, the virus that uh, if he touches Madeline Swan or their doctor or doctor their daughter she is a doctor and they have a daughter they will die horribly and you know a lot of people at time well can he just not touch them or wear gloves but they establish very clearly that this is a this virus travels through contact so if he touches somebody they get it and anybody they touch will get it and eventually it's just exponential and eventually one of those people will touch Madeline Swan so he you know he is a danger to them if he is alive it ever touches a human being again. So it's the ending, I think, is incredibly effective. Um, you know, it closes the book on Bond in a big way. And even as this makes it clear that, you know, the Daniel Craig movies are a reboot from everything before, where they kind of stop pretending he is, it's the same continuity as the past movies, they still sort of give it the weight of feeling like that stuff still happened. Like the big specter party towards the in the middle of the movie, Doctor No is there, which is rad. <laughs> and there's arguably a guy who's Largo. Um, so they still give it that weight of history, and it feels like he's the Bond of twenty six movies rather than five. And I think it's it's very powerful, and you know, pretty much every scene just. We're, there's so many good action scenes. There's so many excellent performances. Uh, Ana de Armas, who is also in Knives Out with Daniel Craig. Holy smoke, she's tremendous. You want her to have her own spin-off movie just after about, you know, 10 minutes of screen time here. 
uh, I love it. It's I remember I I saw it in theaters and I watched it when it came to streaming with my friend Rachel, who is a big Daniel Craig Bond fan, and she was having a great time until like 10 minutes before the end and she realized there was no way he was going to survive and then she got very mad at me as if I had made that choice um, but it's it's really satisfying and moving uh, it's man it works it should not work and it does it's oh, man it's great it's maybe top 5 bond for me so now that I'm done with James Bond movies, uh, and after this I'm going to watch the movies that Martin Campbell, who directed Casino Royale and Goldeneye, the two best Bond movies, uh, the movies he made with Pierce Brosnan since then. But it's going to be sad not to have a Bond every week. Um, here's my basic takeaways, and maybe I'll do a ranking next time, but that's kind of hard to do with that many movies. Uh, the movies that are most improved by rewatching. Uh, Quantum of Solace, which I did not like at all. And if you watch it as a direct sequel to Casino Royale, it rocks. Uh, For Your Eyes Only, which I thought of as sort of mid-level Roger Moore. No, that one's great. For Your Eyes Only is it, it's so good. And weirdly, Die Another Day, the last Bra 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 Brosnan movie, which is equal parts bad and amazing. And, uh, Especially now in the context where it's the send-off to that version of Bond before they do the Daniel Craig reboot and tone down the, frankly, wild sci-fi levels it had gotten to uh, as, like, the big big brass band funeral for that. Uh, it, it, it's, it's actually great. If you watch it going, is the next Bond movie going to go bigger than this? It's It would have it would have been very upsetting in 2002 but watching it now and going yep that's the end of this version of bond it's it's <laughs> it's great uh in general i like roger moore a lot better um even the movies of his that i think are bad have things that i like about them uh those pre-CG stunt sequences are fantastic. Um, I just have a lot more respect for those movies now in general. Uh, I think The Man with the Golden Gun is still bad, but it has amazing stunts, and it's got some absolutely bonkers stuff that make it fun. Uh, the Connery movies, I have realized, are not that much fun to watch. Uh, Dr. No is boring. Thunderball is boring. Um, uh, From Russia with Love is good, but it's it's not a fun watch. Uh, Diamonds Are Forever is pretty bad, but fun. Uh, the, the Connery movie that I am the most likely to watch for enjoyment is You Only Live Twice which is maybe the most racist of his movies. But it is also fun. It's got an underground volcano. Uh, it's all the stuff Austin Powers is parodying. Uh, the first movie, at least, comes straight from this one. Uh, really enjoyed that. That's one I'll come back to. Um, 
honestly just had a just I had I had a really good time doing this rewatch. Um, every time I try to do it, I always get hung up on the early Conneries because they are not that exciting, and Doctor No in particular is a is a slog. Uh, but sticking it out, I had a great time. Uh, oh, kind of a cool thing is uh, in in No Time to Die. Uh, Bond assures Madeline that we have all the time in the world and they play that song at the end and what I didn't realize until the rewatch is that was a song that was written for On Her Majesty's Secret Service uh, which is used ironically there because uh, that's where uh, he gets married and she dies on the way to the honeymoon and in this one it's uh, Bond himself who dies uh, but I didn't really realize that uh, that connection. Uh, I recommend it. If you got access to all the Bond movies uh, and you don't mind occasionally being bored, I, I had such a good time. I'm going to miss having one to watch every week. Um, and well, let's see. Brosnan is still my favorite. I think Daniel Craig is the most consistent. Uh but holy smokes do I appreciate Roger Moore who is very old for most of his movies and yet is delightful um, I don't know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to miss those bonds guys um, also might not be an episode of this next week because I have to get my computer fixed and uh, if there is an episode next week I'm kind of I'm holding off on the guest episodes until after the holidays so I'll be talking about the Eternals and the Matador. So, obviously, that's going to be a ratings hit. Um, hey, before I go, remember our sponsor, Tease by Summer. Uh, the You know what? Best in the business. And here, let me tie this into what's happening here. If you've seen the, the trailer for the new Ant-Man movie, uh, Ruben Rabasa, who plays the car ideas guy in I Think You Should Leave is in Ant-Man 3. He has a line in the trailer and he famously went on Instagram to say that the that the Tease by Summer new car ideas design is is a very good product. So look, can I say for sure that this means Tease by Summer is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Uh I think maybe Kevin Feige would disagree with me, but I'm saying yes. Yes, it is. Uh, at the very least, it's been endorsed by a by a by a part of the of Marvel continuity. Which, man, not many not many t-shirt slash mug makers can boast that. So, you know, let's focus on that. Get that new car ideas. Get it as a mug or a t-shirt. Before everybody is uh, snapping it up, because the guy who said it was good is is Ant Man's friend, or possibly antagonist. We don't really know. Uh, we just know from the trailer that he does not know Ant Man's name. Uh, still, it is it is one of my favorite designs. It is endorsed by the guy who's actually in the sketch and is now a person who has met Ant Man, which is my goal. Uh Look, you're not going to get better than that. Check it out, teasebysummer.com. The best. Um, and you can email the show at 
fedtalks at yahoo.com. I'm on Instagram at EJ underscore Fettus, Twitter at EJ Fettus. You can see pictures from Chicago and a picture of me with Big Grande uh, where I look like a scientist melded all of them. Um, it's fun. Uh, I hope to have something up on the Ape Hive later. Um, uh, but we'll see how that goes. I've been very lazy about writing, uh, partly because of sadness, partly because of exhaustion. But I'm working on it. So check it out. Hopefully I'll talk to you next week. If not, it'll be two weeks. And it's, it's still coming at you. You don't get rid of me that easily. Uh, that's it. Thanks. Bye. Fed Talks is a Faux Boys production. Wah, 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 wah.